0: Welcome to the Zanbergen Report, where wealth strategies and investment wisdom collide. Featuring your distinguished host and certified financial planner, Bart Zanbergen. Welcome to our show of dream chasers and wealth makers. We are thrilled to be back in studio today. Well, kind of in studio today. We'll talk about that in a moment with a new episode of the Zanbergen Report. As your host, I'm proud to bring you the movers, shakers, and difference makers who are passionate about sharing what they've learned and what you need to know today. Today, we are in studio virtually, Letitia and I, um, as we are embracing the stay-at-home. So we are working um, remotely, um, not wanting to get put Paul at any risk. That's right. Paul, it's all about Paul. <laughs> and or vice versa. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, right.
1: <laughs> Yeah, pleasure. you never know.
0: So thanks to advanced technology and Paul's uh, um, experience, we're able to do this remotely. So welcome to the show, everyone. And, Kish, thanks for joining me today. If there's If there's anybody who wants to hear
1: from somebody, it's their financial advisors right now, right?
2: <laughs> it's true. And let me tell you, we've been on the phone nonstop making sure people are taken care of. I'll yeah,
1: bet. yeah, know. As I know you guys and I, and I know this is a serious issue we're all going through. So what would you like to talk about today? How do we how do we help people today?
0: So we thought we would talk about what the issue is, what's happening in the financial markets and and, and in the economy and then perhaps some anecdotes and some peace of mind that uh may may make help people to feel better over what's happening.
1: Okay. I I know very little about these phases here. Um, I, I will say this, though. I've seen some anecdotal evidence of not Marcus, has nothing to do with Marcus, how people are home and they're frightened. They're afraid. They're alone for the first time. I'll give you an example. So my next-door neighbor is an IT guy and works from home. I rarely see him. He just waves at me. He comes over. He saw me home over the weekend. He knocks on the door. He wanted to talk to somebody. He, he just wanted to talk. So I think the power of these podcasts is, Hang in there, folks, and we'll talk to you. We'll keep talking to you from wherever we are. And, and I think part of what people want to hear is not just how bad it is, but how people are getting through this. You know, give me the stories of what – I don't have to know all the answers, you have to sugarcoat it, but I just want to hear – tell me a story how people are getting through this.
0: Yeah, I think that's great. And we have some – well, we have clients that are businesses at home and or some vendors that we use, and they're kind of in the same, day, yeah. uh, same um, place.
2: It's really interesting as a takeaway. We've used Zoom, um, and it's technology, kind of like what we're using today, Zoom, Skype. There's a lot of technology out there. But we do video chatting and conferencing. We've been utilizing this for a long time. So we can share screens with clients, and we can share graphs and talk and video, and we can see face-to-face, we've been utilizing this for a long time, so the transition for us has been really um, smooth, and it's been an easy transition, but it's quite interesting to hear when I'm talking to other colleagues and other people that it's so wonderful to have a Zoom video because people are isolated at their homes, and it's nice to see a nice face from someone else familiar, and maybe it forces them to take a shower and get ready for the day.
1: (laughs) I'll give you one more anecdote on Zoom. I was on a Zoom meeting just the other day talking about some issues and how we're going to handle this and do some shows. And at the end, there must have been 10 people on the Zoom call. At the end, okay, we're all done, and nobody wanted to leave. It's like they didn't want to, don't leave me, don't leave me, you know. Just, like, leave it on over there in the corner. I know somebody's there. I mean, it's that kind of, we're like six-year-olds again here. Don't turn off the dark. (laughs)
0: So you know, I think our our goal today is not to talk about so much what it is that that's gotten beaten to death. I mean, I think three weeks ago, if we were doing our show, which we did, did we even even really know what COVID was three weeks ago?
2: No, we were talking about the presidential election. Yeah, and how that was affecting how was affecting the markets and our projections going forward and thoughts. We weren't talking about this at all. So this totally caught everyone, I think, blindsided.
0: So we want to stay away from that because everyone, anyone who would, will turn on the news will see anything and more than they want to see about what it is and how it's affecting people and so on and so forth. So we're going to get out of the health issues of it and really just talk about um what has happened, and what is being done.
2: So, Bart, I know these are challenging times. Do you want to start with a little bit of some of the the background of other major pandemics that we've had in history and how that's affected our markets and played out over time?
0: I think that's a great starting place. And, you know, one of the things that Letitia and I have been doing is um, working pretty much 24-7, if it's not talking with clients and um, friends and family, who come to us for advice, but it's doing research, talking to you know, uh, health professionals, financial professionals, economic professionals, our different um, uh, wholesale people in our industry. So it's it's been nonstop. Uh, but one of the things that and I spent some time doing was doing an analysis of um, what's happening now and what has happened over history. Mm-hmm. And there's been many things. If we go all the way back to the early 80s, um, I think the biggest thing in, in most of our – our lifetime, I think. I think it might be before your lifetime, yeah. but the uh, HIV/AIDS, uh, which came out in June of 1981, do you remember those days, Paul? In the early HIV days, I do. And at
1: first, we thought, well, okay, it's just a minor blip, and it's not going to go anywhere. And then all of a sudden, it started to, you know, rage through the gay community. And we thought, well, that's where it's going to stay. You know, I'm not gay, so I don't have to worry about it. It's it's there. It's not with me. And then it started spreading everywhere. And all of a sudden it changed the way we all lived. The right. the carefree 70s where I just, uh, you know, I hate to admit it, jumped in bed uh, rather quickly here, uh, rather quickly went away.
0: Wow. Okay. Paul, we've learned a yeah, lot, lot. That's a lot more of more information. I hate to say it. I'm in college. that's right, We're right after on. I was in college. And, yeah, right, you know. But so my point is, so that was, I think, the first in, in recent times. And then we've had a lot. We've had SARS, which people have talked a lot about recently, the bird flu, H1N1, uh, measles, Ebola, and so forth. Here's the a, here's a takeaway. So each one of those were terrible. Each one of those caused thousands of illnesses, in some cases hundreds of thousands of illnesses. They affected the market. They affected the economy. People died, all of which is terrible, all of which is happening now. In each one of those cases, and I'm going to take HIV/AIDS out for one second, but in each one of those cases, the market at the very least regained its its level within six months, and in most cases, between six months and 12 months, reached all new highs. So we can't use we cannot use um, history um, as a um, for sure barometer. But I think it's a it's a good indicator um, and and something that we have to use. So, that I hope gives some peace of mind.
1: And it's hope, it, why, you know. And this is not a this is just strictly a guess of on my part. But I wonder if after some a tragedy's over, that hope affects things. You know, we all suddenly hope the, for the future. We, we right now there's no hope, and then when we get out of it, we're filled with hope.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, and there's a great quote that I've come across, a few that I've really uh, embraced, and one of them recently is, it's a quote, it's never as good as it looks or as bad as it feels. Exactly, exactly. And and I think we're kind of going through that now, and I think the recent statement from President Trump was, we don't want the cure to be worse than the disease or some something along those lines, right, right. I think is relevant as it applies to that. So... That's that's a point.
2: A really cool follow-up, just so if you're listening today, we have a great graph. and we will post the graph on our social media too with after our follow-up, so then that way you can kind of take a look at the historical data from 1980 to uh, 2020, and you can see all of the different um, data points and what's happened during the market during these different pandemics over, over history that Bart was referencing, so you can kind of see it over the big picture, and I think his take, my takeaway of what Bart just said in summary is, you know, in the middle of the situation, it looks terrible. But over time, the market does recover and does surpass it, um, the, the low that it was at that given point.
0: Which also brings up a good point. So Leticia and I have, have increased the frequency of not only um, some of our social media with more financial data, but also our newsletter. So anyone that's interested can either direct message us or reach us some way when we get you on our newsletter one of the things that we just talked about were, is What is the government doing now? And we're trying to keep everyone informed on that, our clients and people on our list. Um, and the one thing that we're that we're waiting for ultimate approval is is over the Treasury over uh, dumping over one trillion dollars of stimulus, um, and the outline is pretty far-reaching. It's from helping small businesses. Um, it's from and this is actually a separate item, but we'll talk about the extended uh, tax date. Now, helping small businesses, helping individual employees, helping uh, employees who have been furloughed or laid off and helping the employer to keep those people engaged. I, I think this is unprecedented. I've never seen any sort of stimulus that's that's so encompassing. Um, and you know what's different about it, too? Is it, it, it's bipartisan. So this is not
1: one – when we went through the fiscal meltdown, there were many – on one side or the other that thought this is too much or too little, some thought too little, some thought too much. There was a lot of debate about should we do this, is this the rule Nobody. This is a public health emergency that's that shut us down in an unprecedented way, and I think that that gives us hope. In a world where we didn't think anybody could cooperate, the two sides are cooperating.
0: So I'm going to challenge you a little bit on that. I, I, there's a lot, I think. Of that is true, but the reason it's not signed today it was supposed to have been signed over the weekend because there is now both sides are fighting just a little bit.
1: Yeah, I think uh, they so they said they're down to the two yard line though, so I think I don't think it's going yeah. it's not going to not happen. Let's put it that way. Neither side's that dumb, I don't think. <laughs> I don't <laughs> know. Keep on moving. I don't want
2: to get political here. <laughs> we go down a pigeonhole, and that's not the whole objective of the, the call today. But. You guys are both right in regards to, yes, we're going to get something approved, but definitely it's going to be a back and forth to get there. Before you continue, Bart, though, you reference if someone wants to get on our newsletter to get our content, can you provide us an information or the email that they can email you at to be getting on our website or newsletter?
0: Um, they can email either you or I at uh, Bart at OptiVestInc.com. That's O-P is in Paul, T-I-V as in Victor, E-S-T.com, oh, Inc, I-N-C.com, or Letitia, L-E-T-I-T-I-A at com, And just say, please add to newsletter list. I'm happy to, happy to put you on. I'm going to throw out one other thought here that occurred to me as
1: you're doing this. Once this gets to the next phase something's going to come out of this. We're going to have some sort of stimulus plan. That much is clear. It's going to be confusing. I'm going to need somebody to help me explain it to me, particularly if I'm a small business or whatever, because what they're talking about is not just simple. It's it's complex. There's lots of layers to it, right?
0: Oh, 100%. And we've we've had many of our small business clients already asking us. And, and the problem is we don't know what it is yet. Um, we have ideas of what it is, but
2: because they haven't decided it as well. <laughs>
0: yeah. So we have committed to really embrace that and help to communicate that to you know our clients and otherwise.
2: And if you've listened to our shows in the past, that's something that's really important to us. We really want to break the news to you guys and bring it to a... Um, a tangible conversation that you guys can actually understand and you can kind of have some tidbits and takeaways that you can apply to your business as being a small business owner. And
1: if you need proof of that, just go back and listen to the last two shows about the secure act. I didn't even know there was a secure act and you (laughs) only did one show. You broke it down and I got it. And I thought, why is nobody else talking about, well, it was brand new and, you know, and people are consumed with other sorts of things and it slipped through the cracks. And I thought there's something that affects me as an aging baby boomer that no one's, Brought to me. So, again, the importance of having good people that you trust who are on top of this and can explain it to you in real English here.
0: Yeah. The Thank next you, item. Paul. Yeah. Thanks, Paul. The next item, um, you know, when you're dealt lemons, you, it's best to make lemonade. And so, here's some lemonade out of this whole deal. I like strawberry but, lemonade myself here. Okay,
2: cool. We're going to give you some strawberry lemonade
0: right now. <laughs> here's some <laughs> strawberry lemonade. Paul, you don't have to pay or file your taxes until July 15th.
2: Yeah, where's what? the music? I need music. Some we need, a, music. yeah, we, okay. need a, we need a little drum, a little drum roll or something. I'll find Anything. something here. I'll
1: okay. find, okay. I'll find right something here. Okay, I'm looking for. it. Hang mm-hmm. on, here we go. Let me see what <laughs> I got here. I must have a drum
0: roll here and, somewhere. Okay. Here we go. So, and, and while you're doing that, I'm gonna, I have to poke a little bit of fun <laughs> tissue here. Here we go. She's oh, go. the one that gets her taxes done like by January. 20th. Yes,
1: I know. She told us that in one of the episodes, and I was laughing. I said, I'm the person out there on April 15th every year, standing in line. Uh, it's the eleven thirty nine, yeah.
0: I thought four months early was was early, but now she's going to be seven months early. <laughs> <laughs> See, there's hope for us.
2: I'm proactive.
0: <laughs> hope for procrastinators. So, you know, I think that I mean, obviously, that was an incentive for those who are, are one busy trying to keep their business running and or you know, come up with the funds to pay taxes. So. Again, let's let's take let's look at everything as for what it is and I think that's a great benefit. I
2: think it's fantastic because if you look at right now what's being affected the most is these small business owners and, and maybe say you have a pool co- cleaning company or you have a service industry and you wanna be able to make sure that you're being able to pay your people and you're not um, you're being able to afford payroll and keep things afloat when you had to maybe pay your taxes well now you can kind of utilize some of those funds in the meantime to float it so that's also and they're talking about some or I'm sure you're going to talk about it for stimulus and loans but these are the things that they're doing for the individual business owners and individuals in general to be able to help them
1: out. And what yeah. you've seen with your business clients, I mean, and this is just a general, this is not a predictor of the future. I'm just right now today that we're doing this on uh, March 24th, so if you wanna listen to it further, it seems like the tale of two cities. I see some big companies, Apple for example, so they're gonna continue to pay their store employees even though the stores are closed. Others are finding ways to try and help them and support them rather than just lose the whole team. And then there are others I heard some bad stories. I won't I won't name the company. Literally laid off like 80 or 90 percent of their uh, uh, employees. Uh, so from one extreme to the other, I mean, that's what you'd expect. They would just dump everybody and then lay low and then hope to hire them back. But I don't know. Is that really the, the what's best for them? It might be best for them. Is that best for the economy? Is that what's best for everybody?
0: Well, I think that's what Trump's statement was just last night, was let's not make the remedy worse than the uh, and the disease so yeah, right. um, hopefully we'll get through that and we'll get through the disease and everyone will be healthy and, and you know at the end not to get too deep or philosophical but you know, I think it's going to be I think we'll have a different attitude I mean I, yeah. I, I am on, yeah. on life on, exactly. on people and relations I think it's just it's going to be a slightly different world I remember after 9-11 another
1: once in a, a black swan event we thought we'd never see again here I've lived through two or three of these now you know uh, the, the things that can never happen that did and how devastated everybody was, how frightened everybody was and how we pulled together in a way I hadn't seen since I was a kid. You know, I think there is potentially some upsides to this because it does bring out the better angels in us.
0: Yeah. All right. So as far as the details, um, we're going to wait till they are actually announced. I'm going to talk about some things that are, I think, really related and help people give them some peace of mind what's happening with the market. Um, by the way, just as FYI, today was the biggest market increase um, since the 1930s, both points and uh, percentage-wise. So not too bad. And that's going to be relevant to uh, one of my points here. But um, here, the, the first one is, and it's, it's, um, I'm going to try and describe a chart to you, but if we go back to 1980. You know, 75% of the years since 1980, the market is positive, in some cases pretty significantly. But in over 90% of the years, more than 90%, there was some time intra-year, during the year, where the market was below zero. So here's an example. In 1980, at one point during the year, the market was negative 17%, and it closed up 25%. And I could bore you and go every year from 1980 through 2000 to the year to date where we are so far uh, and give you those same sort of uh, statistics. So just because just because the market is down at some point in the year doesn't mean it's going to end down. Um, it, this is not a promise that it's going to happen this year, but um, stranger things have happened. 1987, Paul, you and I lived through 1987. Yeah, I remember right. Black Monday. Yeah. Nineteen eighty-seven. President, President Reagan actually
1: went on uh, national television that night and tried to calm the country because
0: they, they thought this is a repeat. Of, this is going to be 1929 again. So um, 1987, the uh, market bottomed at negative 34 percent, ended the year up 2 percent. Hmm. So anything is possible is the takeaway there. Do you
1: think that, uh, again, I know I'm not asking for advice. I'm just we're just guessing here today. Is, is it the uncertainty of what, how big this thing is, how big it's going to be? You know, it's the tale of two cities again. You look around, I don't see anybody sick. I don't know anybody sick. And yet they tell me a lot of people could get sick. Uh, massive numbers could get sick if we don't do these things we're doing. And so I think it's that uncertainty that makes it, the market just wildly bound around. I mean, it's, we're, we're, not, we're not thinking sensibly. We're just acting emotionally.
2: Well, Paul, the market does not like uncertainty yeah, right. and anytime that they can't factor in uncertainty, it you see a lot of volatility. You see and what I mean by that is the market's going up and down because they don't know what's gonna happen next. So once they have a better understanding, if we once we have a stimulus in, in place and once you're able to kind of see, oh, you know, you're having recovery in China and you're having a recovery in Korea, you know, the US we have an idea of where we are with people's health and being able to kind of surpass what those milestones are, you're going to see it hopefully calm down. But those are the things that market doesn't like, the uncertainty of this unicorn that just popped up. Right, And
0: Paul, so that was more profound than you think, that statement. (laughs) uh, That's what uh, I'm known uh, for, these 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 unexpected
1: (laughs) profound moments here, right?
0: (laughs) Because that is one of the critical volatility points of the market is uncertainty. And as you know, Four weeks ago, three and a half weeks ago, the uncertainty was more of the presidential election, who the Democratic candidate was going to be, and that was causing some strife in the market. Who? Well, it's almost like who cares now? This is right. all about this. Uh, but right. Tish has a good point. So we're we're from a certainty standpoint, we're getting better news from China, better news from South Korea. Italy seems to be giving us some good news. And as soon as we found it, I think as soon as we find out here in the U.S. that we've plateaued and/or are declining, I think we can. See, I think we can have a rocket ship. But we'll see.
1: And, we'll see. and, and I'm going to take a slightly different opinion, and, but I reach the same conclusion. I think even if we knew, let's say it is going to be bad, let's say you know rosy projections are are not are needed right now here, the market would still factor that in. At some point, they'd say, okay, this is what the reality is, and here's what we're going to factor it in, and here's how we're going to recover from it. I mean. These people are not here to – they're here to factor in whatever the reality is and how we're going to get through it.
2: And the market likes to factor in a good six months in advance. That's why they look at earnings. They look at projections. And we don't want to get into the weeds in this this, uh, show today, but those are the things that we look at on a daily basis, and it's when we can't factor in these unknowns, that's what causes a lot of uncertainty.
1: Exactly. So it makes me scared. Is, uh, tell me the truth, and I can handle it. Tell me you don't know, and I'm scared.
0: Yeah, that's, a, that's an excellent point. A couple of things I want to close up on a couple of two final things. So this is more just a kind of a life lesson on investing. Um, there's, there's You could talk forever about the um, strategies of how much in stocks, how much in bonds, or a portfolio. Everyone has an opinion on that. And we'll see what happens, how this plays out in this current uh, black swan. But if we go back to October of 07 when the market started crashing, um, it was March 09 when it bottomed out. And the market in total was down between that year and a half, uh, um, close to 45 50%. A pure stock portfolio, it took until March of 2012 to break back even. So that was, you know, a good solid three years a diversified portfolio in this particular case it's close
2: can you just explain what a pure portfolio is yeah
0: i'm wondering what that term means so a pure stock portfolio. So okay. an S and P 500
2: portfolio. That not have just just
0: just stocks, just okay, equities. Just stocks. If we use S, let's use S P and P 500. Or that's equities. what the, the graph is representing. Okay.
2: Sorry, just to yeah. make sure that everyone's following. Okay. So Sorry, but so I,
0: I got kind of my own head.
2: How long did it take from if you were just from stocks?
0: March of 09 uh-huh. until March of 2012? So three full years. A just an S&P 500 stock portfolio to fully recover, get back to even.
2: But get back to, to where it yeah. was.
0: For okay. where it was, October of 07. Got it. Okay.
2: And then what about a diversified portfolio? So a market?
0: diversified portfolio, in this particular case, a 60-40, so um, 60, 60% stocks, 40% bonds. Mm-hmm. It took till October of 09, so six months. So the point there is not that it grew faster, but that it lost less. So the takeaway from here is there's going to be years when the stock market is doing great. You're going to feel really good about maybe or feel compelled to move more and more into stocks. This isn't advice. This is just giving you some statistics. We have showed that the tortoise versus the hare. So a portfolio is slightly more diversified. Um, will have l- less losses, which means you have less to regain.
2: And I want to add one note just for compliance is just so everyone knows we're not giving – Uh, financial advice and telling you to invest in 60-40 allocation. It depends on how long you have to invest. It depends on your financial conditions. It depends on your risk tolerance. And we analyze all of that. So just making sure that we're just showing um, how the journey would have been if you had two different styles of portfolios.
0: Thank you for that. You've saved my um, compliance rear end. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you have, we, have, uh, we have one more. We have go. one more, Paul, yeah. that we can go okay, through one real more. quick. Okay.
0: Sure, this, really is, at the end. this is You're priority. We're giving you moment. extra moments right. here. So we have had some what we will call capitulation, and that means we've had very, 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 very few clients. Mostly it's people we just hear are just out there, but have said, can't take it, too much heat, want to get out. Um, and, um Again, not judging, but here's what we can tell you. If we look at the last 20 years, um, the stock market now, the stock market meaning the S&P 500, mm-hmm. um, has averaged 5.10%, 5.10% per year. So a $10,000 investment, investment in January of 2000 by March 13th of 2020, so that was last week, would be worth $27,322. So the average has gone down. Stock market average was higher until we started having this additional volatility. Here's my point. That's fully invested. If an investor missed just the 10 best days, the 10 best days in the market, like today could potentially be a best day. It's the best day.
2: Here's a good example. If a client called last week and said, get me out, and then they missed today would have been a good example.
0: Exactly. The return would be instead of 5.1% per year, 1.36% per year. So instead of 27,000. Just missing 10 days. Missing 10 10 10 best days out Out of 10 10 years. Uh, Correct. And here's another interesting tidbit for you, Paul, so that you become even more profound than you already are. Hmm. Seven of the 10 best days occur within two weeks of the 10 worst days
1: wow say that again the 10 best come right after the 10 the darkest
0: uh, right before the dawn the darkness right before the dawn right so seven of the 10 best days occur within two weeks of the 10 worst days
2: doesn't mean it's
1: yeah that's the most interesting takeaway yet here and it explains to me why the ten thousand dollars i put in my mattress back 10 years ago is still worth ten thousand dollars
0: and i'll give you one last and it's very related to that so we know that A a pure um, stock portfolio is average 5.1%. A diversified portfolio is around the same historically. um, historically. (laughs) You're my compliance officer. (laughs) 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 He's checking everything here. You're welcome, Matt. The the average investor over that time period um, has earned 1.9% per year. Why do you think, Paul? This is the investor, one who invests on their own and or is calling their own shots. Why do you think, Paul?
1: Because as my dad said, I always knew the stocks to buy. I never knew when to sell them. And so we always sold them at the wrong moments. He sold them when they were down and bought them when they were high.
0: Actually, I didn't think you were going to get there, but you did get there. So <laughs> it's the individual investor who gets nervous, gets out. And the you know, Tish and I talk about this all the time. Way, way more critical of a decision is not the day you sell, but the day you buy back in. Because yeah. if you buy back in after three or four or five of the best days... You've got not much less, not, not much juice. I have a patented technique. I buy high and sell low. Very well, easy to like do. We like to
2: change that. So if ever need our services, we okay. can go specific.
1: <laughs> it hasn't worked for me, but I'm very good at it. So if anybody wants the other thing, I'm very good at buying high and selling
0: low. All right, so we want to thank everyone for tuning in this week. I know it's been, uh, for those who are listening in real time, it's been a, some, a crazy time, but we are going to get through this. We'll get to the other side. Uh, thanks for listening. Please be sure to reach out if you have individual questions. Yeah. Uh, and sure we will you, be uh, here uh, on the list. air. We're not
1: going away. Every week is, Every as, 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 as the roller coaster ride gets a little less bumpy, as, as people start to figure out what's next. That's the next thing I think everybody's going to hear about, not just how we got through it, but where are we going next? How is The, the world's going to change somehow. And we then,
2: will help you drive this shift.
1: Yeah, no, I think because that's going to lead to new opportunities and new other industries are going to be devastated and certain new industries are going to be born. That's what always happens out of these things. Mm-hmm. Right?
0: All right. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Letitia, for joining me today. Um, everybody have a great week. We look forward to being back in virtual studio next week. Cheers. Thank you. Tune in next week for the latest edition of the Zandbergen Report, Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Catch up on our recent shows by visiting bartzandbergen.podbean.com. The Zandbergen Report is also available on iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Interested in being a featured guest on our show
1: or have a question you'd like to hear us answer, email podcast at bartzandbergen.com.
0: Bart A. Zandbergen, CFP, and Letitia Berghon, AIF, registered investment advisors with Optimist Inc. and registered representatives with Cremersy Securities Inc. under FINRA and SIPC, investment advisory services are offered by Optimist Inc. under SEC registration.